Another episode of Sunday Golds, Arya Masudi and Brett Nebbit. And uh, this one's a little bit of a different episode, uh, doing it over Zoom. Uh, and it's uh, because Brett's covering uh, the ACC tournament in Greensboro and Florida State men's basketball. We are recording this uh, pretty late Thursday night, early Friday morning. Uh, started this about 11.45 p.m. And the Knowles are playing UNC. Brett, before we get into baseball real quick, not to, this isn't a basketball podcast. So just a, a quick um, update from you on, on what's going on in Greensboro and Florida state now getting North Carolina. Yeah. Woke up this morning to an alert that Florida state wasn't going to play today. Uh, didn't know if I was going home, but Florida state's uh, Florida state's one to know without playing a game. Um, the last two years, Florida state has played no games with their one to know, and they've already won a tournament. So we're on a hot streak, I guess. But, you know, Florida State's going to play UNC tomorrow. Might be a tough matchup for them, especially with the home crowd. But excited to actually see some Garnet and Gold on the court for once here in Greensboro. Yeah, no doubt, Brett. And uh, we do apologize if, you know, our voice is cut out here on Zoom. Um, just the, the day and age of how things work. And so Florida State men's basketball, they'll play UNC. Florida State baseball, the reason you clicked the play button on uh, Apple Pods, Google Pods, or Spotify, please do uh, subscribe and Leave a review if you like this podcast. Uh, that means a lot to us to just kind of read your comments. And you can email us too. Um, and we would love to hear from you and, and answer questions and just interact with you um, and share our love of Florida State baseball as the season goes along. So the Knowles have a bit of momentum, Brett. They sweep Virginia. It, it felt, excuse me, they, they took two of three for Virginia, almost had the sweep against the Cavaliers after getting swept by Pitt. And so that was something that both of us had wanted to see was the Knowles taking the, Vir- the Virginia series. They did that, had that momentum, like I said, and then USF game happens and we wake up and all of a sudden we're not playing baseball on Tuesday against the Bulls. Yeah, that was tough to see just because, um, you know, these midweek games are important for de- development. Um, I talked about how excited I was to see uh, Montgomery get back on the mound and see him try to get back to his normal self. Um, you know, Florida State hasn't been able, been able to throw their veteran, I mean, their relievers very much yet and get a guy, ton of guys work. So, you know, these midweek games are important. Um, you know, it's two in a row. Florida State hasn't played one yet. Um, their first one next week will be against Florida, and that's going to be a tough test. Um, so you never like losing games. Um, bit of a complicated situation there, this midweek game. Um, you know, Florida State had a couple of inconclusive tests come back on Monday from their round of testing, which they didn't, they weren't going to be able to get back tests um, early enough for USF to travel here. No one in Florida State didn't really know what they would have to do, contact tracing and stuff. But now Florida State's got all po- uh, negative tests back and they're ready to go and they're in Blacksburg. So um, no long-term pause for Florida State. That's good. Um, but short-term, it does hurt to lose another midweek game, I think. Yeah, I think for two reasons. I think you touched on both of them, though. Montgomery not getting to go was a major bummer. Um, And the bats not getting an opportunity. In the game of baseball, sometimes hitting against uh, a midweek opponent, getting to go against a midweek staff, um, where some teams who don't have depth in their pens and in their pitching staffs, it can be beneficial for a lineup. And Brett and I have talked about how sometimes it's one game and just a string of at-bats that kind of can change the course of a season and, uh, you know, we're going to talk about FSU softball, actually, uh, on this this episode as well. And I was talking to Lonnie Alameda, who said kind of the same thing. The Knowles beat the Gators on Saturday in softball, had some good at-bats, and then they come back tonight and they beat number two Arizona. So 
really it's it, and that offense was struggling that as well. You know, that's why I'm, I'm making the, uh, the correlation there, but, uh, losing the midweek sucks. And it's, it's tough because Montgomery needed to get out there. And Brett, before we preview Virginia tech, who is a very good baseball team ranked in the top 20, um, depending on what poll you look at, they'll be at home in Blacksburg. Um, what's the plan going to be to use Montgomery this weekend? How do you approach now your freshman not having tossed, um, now it's going to be multiple weeks. Yeah, it sounded like me wanting to maybe get him out there for a fresh for a fresh inning. I don't think they're going to put him out there in any sort of leverage situation. Um, he's thrown in, I believe, two scrimmages now since then. Um, I know he threw um, last Tuesday when they got canceled and this Tuesday as well. Um, he threw in some intense scrimmages there, and me said he's been throwing the ball well, and they like what they're seeing from him. Um, I don't know. We don't really know exactly what their plan is. I don't really think they want to use him out of the out of the, out of the bullpen in, in, in tough situations. They kind of just want him to want to ease him back into it. Not that they don't trust him, but just because they feel like that's the best for his development and where he's going to go. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he'll end up being fine. Um, as to where he's going to be used this weekend, I, I don't really. I, mean, I think it could be in a game which is where it's either Florida State's up big or down big. Or, you know, Florida State has a starter go short and they need him for a, for a few innings because he's got those starters innings under his belt. So Florida State taking on Virginia Tech, Brett. Uh, we, we mentioned that they've been off to a hot start. Coach John Chef. Can, we, can yeah. we talk one more thing about USF? Can we talk All about can we talk USF's coach here with this tweet? I don't really know what we're doing here. But um, USF's coach decided to put out a tweet yet today after Meet's presser yesterday when Meet said that basically the game was canceled because Florida State. Um, well, USF, I mean, I guess Florida State didn't want to have USF come up because they didn't know um, what the situation would be. They didn't want USF to make a trip um, without having to play a game. So Billy Mole, USF's coach, tweets is, tweets with integrity you have nothing to fear since you have nothing to hide with integrity you will do the right thing since you will have no quit z ziegler unfortunately not everyone operates like this it's like going to vegas and attracted to the bright lights but you lose unfortunately fear the spear has a different take on this must have more fears such as usf baseball hashtag we were ready hashtag integrity i just I just, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, is this, is this, is this like baseball's version of Dabo Sweeney or something? Like Florida state had inclusive, inconclusive tests and they don't know how many people they're supposed to contact trace. Florida state is trying to save USF a bus ride of four hours and money and not make them come up here. And just so many things. Like, I, I just don't, understand man i don't understand this at all i'm not sure what he's implying um does he really think that fsu is scared of playing usf in a midweek game that's what i'm confused about is you know florida state wants to play the game they needed to play the game um they needed to get there like like fsu playing clemson in football man like what what yeah, I don't know, Brett. I mean, Carson Montgomery needed to pitch, you know, and and uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what coach is alluding to, or I don't. Maybe, maybe I don't know. It's it's hard to speculate on things like that. 
because he's trying to be cryptic, but clearly something about fear of the spear in Florida state and wanting to play. And um, the Knowles, I think announced that it's postponed and they want to reschedule it at some point. So okay. I don't know. I got, I got this tweet bookmarked for, and saved for later too. So I hope it does get played. Yeah. Moving on to Virginia tech. Knowles go to Blacksburg. The Hokies are eight and three on the season. They've got a couple of ACC series wins against the Miami hurricanes down in Coral Gables and against the North Carolina Tar Heels, uh, that one, I believe, in Blacksburg at home. Um, This week, they sandwiched uh, in between Florida State and North Carolina. A series, uh, a two-week, excuse me, two-week, a two-game split with the VCU Rams, um, an in-state battle. VCU, solid program, actually, up there in Virginia. It's not, it's really not like the the run, the run, you know, push over, just run over them program. Um, VCU has been a pest in the past. Um, actually, I think they beat Florida State one year on opening day. I think that was not that long ago. It was like 16 or 17. But anyway, um, it's a good Virginia Tech team, Brett. They can really hit the baseball. I know they have one of the the gimmicks in in the game, and that's like the was the home run hammer that that, that they love to. Uh, I don't know what they call it. You guys will see it. I'm sure if you watch this weekend, they have like a sledgehammer that they blast into the middle of all of them celebrating. It's it's kind of cool actually, but. Um, it can be pretty lame if you're not actually hitting home runs, but um, Virginia tech, Brett, your initial thoughts. Just Virginia tech is a Virginia tech is a team that a lot of teams don't want to play right now. Um, especially at VT and in blacks where, you know, me mentioned how rowdy the fans can get fans can get there. Um, you know, this is just a team that plays with a lot of energy that there's not many teams that play with more energy than Virginia tech. I can remember in 2019 when, they came to Florida State. They, they were talking the entire time. Remember that dugout was loud. Um, they were going out Florida State. Um, you know, J.C. Flowers had that walk-off. Florida State really went after their dugout. Um, yeah, it's, I think this is going to be a close weekend. I think it's going to be an up-and-down weekend, sort of. Um, if Florida State doesn't bring the energy, they'll be, bring, be in trouble because I can guarantee you that the Hokies are going to be ready to go, and they're going to bring a ton of energy in their ballpark this weekend. Yeah, and, you know – we talked about the ACC, Brett, being much better than people, I think, anticipated. We, we talked about the depth that the Boston Colleges, the Virginia Techs, the Pitts, um, the Notre Dames, those names that when you pop on your schedule, you go, oh, Florida State should win that series. Maybe not so fast. And this Virginia Tech team is coached by John Sheff who those of you who have followed college baseball, he helped turn Maryland's baseball program around. He was really one of the architects of getting Maryland to a super regional um, really in the mid 2010s. Before that, he was at Marist and they made multiple regionals um, and as a smaller conference automatic bid team. So he's one of the better coaches in the ACC. Um, he's got Virginia Tech on the right path. Last year, they were actually off to a decent start um, before COVID ended. And it's a it's a Hokies team, Brett, that we mentioned. It all starts with the bats. Give us some names to look out for for the Hokies. Yeah, yeah, this team could really hit. Um, you know, TJ Rumfield at Texas Tech transfers the guy that makes it go for them in the middle of the order. Um, six thirty six slugs so far, three sixty four average, um, three homers. He's only struck out twice in forty four at bats, and he's walked six times. I mean, this is a guy that's going to put the ball in play, put pressure on teams, and um, you know, does damage as well. Um, 10 RBI is second on their team. Uh, yeah, this I'm, another one is probably Gavin Cross. Um, 
You know, he's the guy that has shown some speed and power so far this year. It's two stolen bases. Um, you know, he's got 15 hits in 349. Um, he's got eight extra base hits and two of those are triples. So that guy can really move. Um, I believe he's uh, their two hitter, I want to say. Um, and then Tanner Strobel, who's another guy right in the middle of their order. Um, don't know if I'm saying that exactly right, but it's something like that. Um, he's another guy that's going to be a run producer for them. Leads the team with 17 RBIs in just 11 games. I believe that's pretty – I believe that's in the top 50 of the nation right now. Um, another guy hitting 333. Um, whole top of their order is really going to hit. It's going to be one of the better top fives in the entire ACC. Um, you know, lineup as a whole, it puts the ball in play pretty well, except for those last few hitters. Um, Florida State's going to have to be at the top of the game, their game this weekend. Um, throw a lot like they did last week. Uh, this this lineup is really good, and when they when they get it going, they're they're really tough to stop. Especially, um, we know with the hammer like you talked about, um, a team that hits for power, fourteen homers in eleven games. I believe that's twenty um, seventh in the nation, um, and then they're also thirty fourth in runs this year. So this is a team that can really really do some damage on offense. No doubt about it, Brett. Um, they're going to hit. You mentioned Rumfield. Uh, from Texas Tech. I actually believe he played in that series against uh, Florida State. They played twice. Uh, if you remember when the Knowles hosted Texas Tech and FAU um, early last season. Virginia Tech, I feel like in the past, has had some some decent bats. And on the mound, they replace a guy named Ian Seymour, who was a second-round pick, really nasty pitcher um, for the Hokies. He decided to go pro. Um, but they've got some decent arms, right? They've got some capable arms, maybe not the depth, um, that some of the other staffs Florida State has faced this season. But certainly, I think when we look at the starting rotation, um, I believe we believe that the rotation for Virginia Tech, it has not been announced, will be something of the mold of a, a Peyton Alford, uh, then Chris Gerard, or Gerard, not sure exactly how to pronounce that, or Anthony Simonelli. Those are the three we believe that will get the ball for Virginia Tech this weekend against Florida State. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not a super high-powered um, rotation for VT. Um, you know, guys don't have great numbers so far. Um, not really very proven yet um, on the mound of starters-wise. Um, I believe that um, Simonelli has the best stuff of the, stuff of the group, um, something like 99-94 at the fastball. But his struggle with his command a bit so far. Um, Gerard has been there, is really their most proven guy. Um, you know, 17 innings. 3.71 ERA, um, 19 strikeouts to just six walks. So he, he's probably he's probably their best arm that's going to go this weekend. Uh, Simonelli's the best stuff. You know, Alfred was supposed to be their Sunday guy coming in, it seemed, but he's throwing on Sundays for them, but hasn't thrown many innings. Just, I think, 1.2 his first outing, then three, then four. So he only has 8.1 innings, and he's given up eight runs. Uh, but he has, strikeout, he has struck out 15 guys. Um, struggles for him seem to be – coming with the with the command and um, some extra base hits as well. So I think this is a staff that Florida State could take advantage of this weekend. And I think they're going to have to take advantage of, um, especially with the, <laughs> excuse me, especially with the offense that Florida State's facing. Um, you know, it doesn't seem that VT has a ton of depth on the mound either. I think they gave up uh, 19 total runs in two games against VCU this midweek um, with a lot of their midweek and bullpen guys throwing. So it'll be interesting to see if Florida State can take advantage and start to break out as a lineup here this weekend. Yeah, I think this is going to be a weekend for FSU that we both pointed at where the bats should typically on a normal scale, right, start to heat up a little bit. I'm looking at 
some big names in the Seminole lineup to kind of set the tone. I, I, we believe Tyler Martin will, will get the job done as he has all the all season. Um, Matt Nelson looks like he's going to be uh, ready to go, hopefully for Florida State. They say game time decision, but um, all signs point to Nelson being able to at least give it a go. Um, we'll see if Logan Lacey can play. Um, but yeah, you know, there's some bats in that lineup, you know, Reese and Robbie and can Elijah get one out of the ballpark? We'll see which way the wind's blowing up there in the Virginia, the Shenandoah Valley, as we, uh, as we call it. But uh, I looked at the weather actually, Brett, and this was one of our worries preseason was like, how cold was it going to be in Blacksburg? I've actually been to Blacksburg a couple of times and, and that wind chill is it's the real deal. Um, fortunately for Florida state, um, these games are at four o'clock, three o'clock and one o'clock Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And the, uh, the temps are expected to be in the high fifties, low sixties. Um, there isn't rain in the forecast, just cloudy. Um, it'd have been nice if the sun was out, but, um, all in all, Brett, not, not the worst temps that you could be dealing with in Blacksburg because this time of year, it could be snowing too, or or having at least some sleep. Yeah. And I don't even know what the opening, opening weekend time story in Tallahassee, I think opening day or second day was in the forties or something like that. You know, this team practiced in cold weather a lot during the spring, so they'll be fine weather-wise, I think. Um, and then injury-wise that you were talking about, Logan Lacey is supposed to be available. Mike Martin Jr. said um, said he can't do certain things. I don't know what that means, but he said he would be available, thought he'd be in the lineup. Um, he said that Ryan Romano, one of the infield guys of Florida State, hasn't been able to use that this year, hasn't been available. Um, he, he had broken his nose early in spring, um, took a ball to the face, wasn't really able to do much for a while. He's going to be available for the first time this weekend. He's got a good bat. I think he could he could do some things for Florida State once he starts to get some at bats under his belt. Uh, Juco, that's Juco transfer that hit pretty well last year in the shortened season. And then I think I think Matt I think Matt Nelson is going to be a go for Florida State. From what I've heard, um, you know, we saw him hitting yesterday in the in the in the uh, what the heck is he called the turtle um, for Florida State on the field. Um, so he should be good to go. Um, I think. Uh, was that all the injuries that we had to cover? Yeah, I think so. But um, then one other note I just wanted to make that I just, when you were talking about um, Chef, um, it looks like him and Jimmy, Be- it looks like Jimmy Bellinger was his pitching coach in Maryland for a few years. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, if Virginia's lineup, Virginia Tech's lineup has some things on belly, you know, what he likes to do. I'm sure Chef knows him pretty well. Um, but I'm sure that will be a good matchup this weekend for belly to really test what his, his, his uh, staff can do. Yeah, and on the other side too, Brett, you know, maybe Belly knows the way that Chef wants to attack um, opposing hitters, what what he tries to key in on early in at-bats, um, certain pitches, and uh, that's part of the chess match that's always a lot of fun. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about things that we're looking for uh, this series for Florida State. Let's first start with each of the, fri- uh, each of the weekend rotation matchups, and we'll start with Messick on Friday going up against uh, potentially, we believe this is the probable starter. Um, his name is Peyton Alford. Um, on paper, it looks like Florida State has the advantage. Yeah, for me, just looking at that matchup, just from Parker's perspective, I'm just looking for Parker to bring that energy to Florida State, bring um, that intensity to Florida State that they need to have in Blacksburg. Um, you know, it's like about this team is going to have to, play as hard as they can, go as hard as they can, be as locked in as they can to take a series one out of here. So Parker setting the tone will be really good to see like he did last weekend. Um, just 
for me just to see him go with those four pitches consistent again. When he's on with all four pitches, he's going to be really good. I think Alfred, we expect him to be high 80s, um, touch and low 90s, um, slower curveball, also has his sliders. He's another four-pitch mix guy from the left side. Um, he's definitely going to give FSU some trouble um, swing and miss-wise, but I also think Florida State's going to be able to work a lot of walks there and, and try to and get to the bullpen early on in this series, and it could lead to, um, you know, VT trying to have to go very deep for the rest of the weekend as well, I think. Yeah, Alfred has a 648 ERA. Something Brett pointed out to me before we hit record was that Alfred has only pitched eight and a third innings in three appearances, uh, two starts. So um, not like he's going very long. I'm sure Virginia Tech has uh, somebody they use nearly immediately um, on Fridays early in the game. Um, he's only given up seven hits and eight and a third, but he's given up six earned runs, seven walks. And uh, like Brett said, the strikeouts will probably be there, 15 of them for Alfred. Uh, Florida State probably will strike out, folks. Um, Abbott, another, another lefty, probably better than Alfred. Uh, not probably, definitely better than Alfred. Um, was able to rack up 14 of them. So I expect there to be strikeouts. But maybe Florida State can run into one or two and uh, work some walks. Timely hitting is going to be key. And I look for Parker Messick to just kind of win that battle. You know, If Parker Messick pitches into the sixth or seventh again for Florida State, this Friday, you get a chance. You got a good chance to win that Friday game. And, and that's what you want, right? Like the Fridays, you want Messick to give you the advantage against pitchers like Alfred. You want Messick to at least be able to go up against some of these guys that he's better than and kind of give you that start that makes you feel confident on Fridays. Because when Messick goes up against other teams' aces, like an Abbott or, you know, um, I can name a few in the ACC, um, but for the, for the sake oh, of time, yeah. I won't. Taylor, yeah, of course. I mean, there's there's many, right? And there's a Fetterman at Miami. There's some different guys, right? Um, a Michael Kirian um, at uh, Louisville. There's there will be some matchups for FSU where Messick will go up against another guy who's pretty highly rated, and um, you want him to be able to go toe to toe. But in matchups like this, where I think it favors Florida State and Messick, it'd be great if your Southpaw came out and gave you. He doesn't have to go uh, eight innings of shutout baseball and 11 strikeouts. He's certainly capable, but if he can do that, um, that would be huge for the Knowles, um, for him to have another quality start and then turn it over to the Seminole bullpen who has been pretty good as well this season. Saturday, you got, uh, Bryce Hubbard who turned in a career performance against Virginia going up against Chris Gerard, Gerard, three seventy one ERA, 17 innings pitched and three starts. So he's actually been able to get you into the sixth and seventh innings. Um, but he's a bit more hittable. 18 hits allowed. Batters hitting 265 off of him. The strikeouts are there. Doesn't walk a lot of guys. Um, this is probably going to be Florida State's toughest matchup of the weekend. Uh, Gerard is expected to be uh, a top 10 round draft pick too. Yeah, I think this is definitely, like you said, going to be Florida State's toughest matchup this weekend just because this is a guy that really works to contact. Um, you know, has has thrown for strikeouts as well before, but, you know, his thing is just getting weak contact, um, has an 89, 92-mile-per-hour fastball um, with some cutting action to it, um, has two good off-speed pitches with a downhill breaker and um, a changeup. Um, you know, for, you know, his coach kind of described him as a Tom Glavin kind of guy on the mound. Just, he's going to throw the ball. He's not going to blow guys away, but he's going to command the zone and throw the ball where he wants it. Um, for Hubbard, for me, what I'm looking for is the same as always, really just – He's got to have his curveball down in the zone. When he does that, um, he's pretty unhittable. Um, he can be efficient. And when he doesn't have it, he struggles a lot. So just the release point of his curveball early on will be able to tell you really um, what kind of outing he'll have. Um, I think, you know, Bryce is as confident as he's ever been right now. And I just want to see that 
confidence kind of keep oozing out of him um, going forward. Yeah, and I think, you know, you and I talked about where could we see Carson Montgomery fit in this weekend. And I could see Saturday being a day um, where if Hubbard doesn't have the same stuff that he had against Virginia, um, and again, I'm just speculating here and projecting, um, then maybe you see Montgomery get extended action uh, on Saturday and a shot to kind of see what he can do. Um, yeah, so Florida State, if they get the pitching they had against Virginia, they're going to have an excellent chance of winning this series. And not just this series, uh, most of the series coming up the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, Sunday, Connor Grady, arguably his best outing as a starter against Virginia last weekend on Sunday. He goes up against uh, Anthony Simonelli, who has probably the best pure stuff of the starting pitching for Virginia Tech. I think a fastball that can get up to about 94, 95 um, doesn't work, you know, consistently 94, but can get it up there. He's got a 514 ERA. 14 innings pitched, 14 strikeouts to seven walks, um, has given up eight earned runs and a home run this year. Batters hitting uh, 250 off of Simonelli. Grady, though, I think the, the question is for FSU, we talked about this too. Um, say Florida State splits the first two games of the weekend with Virginia Tech. Having Grady on the mound on Sunday, you will hope that experience and his ability to keep the ball down in the zone gives you an advantage uh, against a Virginia Tech team that wants to kind of see elevated fastballs and send them out of the park. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just the same as always, really. Just Connor's got to be um, down in the zone and on with both his pitches. Um, you know, I talked to him, and you'll hear that soon. But, you know, that was just the, the best he felt um, with all three of his pitches at one time. Um, fastball ticked up last week, which was really good to see. Um, you know, something that we saw in fall, but it was good to see it be there for a full seven innings. Um, I don't remember the last time Parker went, I mean, Connor went that long into a game. Um, you know, that's something he did in high school over and over and over again, but to see that, to see him, um, be stable at the end of that, um, you know, that's just, it was really good to see that was almost the most exciting outing for me last week, just seeing Connor, um, you know, really start to excel in himself and, and do the things that he needs to do consistently. Um, then for Simonelli, yeah, like you said, He's got a good fastball, good slider. Um, got a change up that he doesn't use a ton, but he can use it once in a while against lefties. Um, a guy that came from from the JUCO ranks for them, a veteran guy, um, fourth year junior, um, just like, like Connor. So I think you'll have two veteran guys there going Sunday. Um, you know, Simonelli is a right-handed pitcher. He's the only one in their weekend rotation that's a righty. So um, you know, I hope to see some of Florida State's lefties take advantage of that matchup. Um, you know. It's just, I think having Connor in the mound is on a Sunday is as good as it gets, really, in my opinion. Yeah, and speaking of Connor, uh, I actually enjoyed this interview quite a bit. I think you guys will, too. Um, Brett did a great job with this, and uh, he sat down with Florida State's veteran Sunday starting pitcher. First off, Connor, just how's it been being back on the field, playing other teams? Um, you know, I think it's been almost a year now exactly from when the season got shut down last year, just how exciting has it been to actually get to compete again? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been it's been a really long time. It was like opening weekend. It was almost like everybody. We felt like we forgot what a game felt like. It was it was nice to finally be out there together. New team, but majority of the old guys are still here, so it wasn't too different. But it was just nice to be out there and uh, competing again. It it felt like it was forever. What was that process like for you where you were a draft eligible guy and the draft gets shortened? I know you and Reese kind of in the same situation where in a longer draft, you may get drafted, but 
you know, you also get another year of leverage back when you get an extra year. Um, just what was that yeah. process like for you mentally? And I guess just physically as well, going through workouts and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of figured once it got cut down to five rounds, I was like, I'm, I'm most likely not going to be going in this draft. So I kind of accepted that. And, um, it was also, it actually, I think ended up being better for me to have another year to, um, work on things like VLO and, um, more like command things that I needed to fix. And, uh, and I also got, I'm basically going to be getting my degree. So it, um, I think it ended up being pretty good for me in the end. You know, I guess a positive for you is just, you know, a positive for a lot of guys is just being able to be home for an extended amount of time, especially when you haven't had that for a while, even with travel ball, just, you know, there's a lot of guys from Tampa on this team as well. I just, were you guys able to do stuff together in Tampa? Just, I know, you know, Nico, Clayton, Jack, everybody, all those guys. Yeah, from Tampa. But, um, you know, I was actually up in Tallahassee for a lot of uh, the like quarantine stage, I guess you could say. I was up here for probably like three months. So I was not home at that time, but once I got home, yeah, we definitely got together, did some workouts. Um, we got to, once we eventually started throwing again, that, um, we, we threw together and things like that. So it was nice to get like everybody together, even though it was like outside of our Tallahassee world. Um, so yeah, that was cool. How nice is it when there's a, a, a large portion of guys from Tampa, guys that you already know just from playing high school ball against and with? What is that like, and how how much does that help a team camaraderie when guys come to the campus? Uh, definitely. I mean, because we have a lot of things we can relate to. We have a lot of the, the same places that we've gone to in Tampa and things like that. We all basically know the same people because the baseball world is pretty small back home. Like, you know who everybody is. So um, I guess it's uh, – even if, if you don't necessarily know somebody and they're from Tampa, it's like a good uh, jumping off point. You have things you can talk about and get to know each other right off the bat. You know, going a little farther back uh, in your Tampa days, um, you know, Little League World Series, you didn't get all the way there. But <laughs> you had the experience where you almost did just you ever yeah. think back to that. I mean, was that the first ever sort of real pressure you thought you faced playing baseball? And what was that experience like for you almost, you know, one game away from Little League World Series? It's really funny that you act, that you bring that up because Belly was talking to me about it today. But um, that no, that was definitely the first like pressure, I guess you could say, I felt on a baseball field because being 12 years old, having to play in front of like 10,000 people in in uh, Warner Robins, Georgia, and everybody is rooting against you. Um, but that was that was definitely one of the highlights of my baseball career, even though like I was 12 years old, but. Um, it was definitely a really cool experience, especially like um, the kid on the other team was Jake Fromm. He was on pitching. Uh, he's been successful at Georgia football. And um, I don't know. It was it was definitely like one of the coolest experiences of my life so far. Yeah, you know, I, I remember when you guys were in Athens, I kind of thought back to, you know, Connor's already kind of been in this situation. Yeah. Little league, yeah. But, um How's how's an atmosphere in, in College World Series? I mean, in Georgia, how's it been being in all those atmospheres as a starter since in the last couple of years, I guess, or three years now? I mean, nothing compares to Omaha. That was probably the coolest feeling I will ever feel next to hopefully maybe making it to the big leagues one day. But, um, you know, it, it almost is like, for example, in Georgia, it's almost better that everybody is rooting against you because it kind of like drives you and motivates you to prove everybody wrong and, and silence the crowd almost. So it's a, 
it's definitely motivating. And, um, I, once you do it the first time you, you kind of get used to the feeling. So it's not so much being that nervous anymore. It's more excitement. You know, you guys are about to go play a Virginia tech team. That's playing good ball right now. Remember the last time you guys played Virginia Tech, uh, JC had that walk off off the fence and yeah. you guys had that crazy celebration. Just what do you remember about that? And, you know, I think somebody got hurt in that celebration too. I don't know. But what do you remember about that, that JC walk off? I believe that was sophomore year, the year we went to Omaha. And um, the person that got hurt was Antonio Velez. He hurt his ankle or something. But um, that, was, that was huge. I mean, Virginia Tech's a good team. They, they're going to put the bat on the ball and it's going to be, it's going to be a competitive weekend. But going back to that walk-off, that was huge because I'm pretty sure I actually got that win because I went out and gave up like a run in the ninth and JC uh, walked it off. So he actually hooked me up with that. But yeah, that was a, uh, you always love walk-off moments. I mean, it's, it's the best feeling. You know, you guys have that saying AA three, four K in the bullpen, and it's kind of what you guys go by um, on the mound. Just, how important is that for you, especially a guy that works off his uh, off speed more than his fastball? Yeah. I mean, that's basically the name of my game because um, you got to be able to throw any pitch, any count, when, no matter what's going on in the game. And that's really what's going to develop you and uh, develop your mindset, being able to understand that and be confident enough to throw any pitch you have in any count um, and still get success. You know, you talked about takeoff and velocity just um, a couple minutes ago. Just, you know, I think we really saw that in regular season for the first time this past weekend. Just how good was that to see? And do you feel more comfortable, more confident? What does that do for you when you're on the mound? I think that um, it's definitely this past weekend uh, was my arm was finally getting used to uh, and acclimated back to being starting and throwing 80 to 100 pitches. And um, I think it really just felt, I don't know, like it, it opened up my other pitches even more because of the velo. And, um, it was really nice to see, and I hope that stays constant. Um, but yeah, it really opened up my other pitches and, um, it's a, it's nice to show that I have the fastball, even though I might not pitch off of it all the time. Yeah. You know, I think, I think meat said that was the best he's ever seen you since, since you've been here and, you know, he called it beautiful, um, just was that the best you ever felt? And just, I mean, once you get going, what does it feel like to be that in control of a game? Um, yeah, I think I have two games in my mind that I felt like that. And it was this game and it was an app. And I just felt like um, in my mind, it was just, I'm going to be pitching to contact. I'm just going to try to make the best pitches I can. I don't really think too much when I'm out there. I'm just, I'm focusing from pitch to pitch to pitch. And I'm just trying to, command that pitch that's called in that moment. And that's what I really felt like I was doing this past weekend was just going from pitch to pitch and, and reading these swings and they were swinging out a lot of pitches and um, it worked out in my favor. You know, this is your second year working with the belly and it's the first time you've been able to work with a pitching co coach for two years in a row in your time at Florida state. Just what's it like working with belly and what has the continuity between, between you two done for yourself? Yeah, it's definitely nice to have, a pitching coach stay consistent for, from year to year. Cause this is the first time I've got, I've had a pitching coach two years in a row. So, um, but no, me and belly have built a really good relationship and it's, it's nice being able that I can talk to him about anything, not necessarily just baseball, but I can talk to belly about anything off the field as well. And, um, it builds like a trust and it builds um, a relationship that I think is really important between a pitching coach and a pitcher. 
you know, on Friday, Parker went out there and dealt. It's just, you know, the energy he brought and the celebrations he brought. Just what does that do for you guys as a dugout? I mean, he was just losing his mind at, his, at a couple points. Yeah. No, Parker Parker has the most energy out of anybody I've ever seen, but we need that energy because um, our dugout gets quiet at times, and, and, and we need that energy to be able to set the tone for the weekend because um, him coming off the mound almost every inning just, screaming and energize just energy and that's that's what we need because if we don't have the energy then we're not going to win ball games you know the hitters have struggled out of the gate a bit just how confident are you that those guys are going to start to click you know the veteran guys like Reese and Robbie that haven't really got it going yet and you know some younger guys too that could start to show out here I'm not worried about it at all because I mean hitters that's what happens every hitters are up and down across the board everybody anywhere and I'm not worried about it because they they work hard every day and they're going to figure it out just fine. You know, and once those hitters get going and, you know, you guys keep doing your thing as a staff, just how confident are you to get back that you're going to get back to Omaha? And, and, you know, how excited are you for that opportunity in a full season this year? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if everything's rolling, then then we don't have a problem. Um, I think I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to make it to Omaha again. I think we're going to win it. But um, it, it's got to start with the little things. And I think that we've been working hard on the little things and that it's going to really show out and people that have been against us are going to be for us. All right. Well, Brett, when you, you know, think about Connor and let's touch on Connor here before we move on, um, just what he's meant to Florida state, he's provided so much stability in his career, uh, for the Knowles. He's done it out of the pen. I, I can vividly remember some outings he had against the Clemson Tigers, um, early in his career out of the bullpen where the Knowles really needed that win um, to kind of boost themselves back into the NCAA tournament picture. He's pitched well against the Florida Gators, I believe out of the pen um, at one point in his career. Um, That was early on. And then everyone remembers, you know, Athens when, you know, he was the winning pitcher when Florida state clinched against UGA. Um, And now he's kind of finding his own right on a Sunday, not just being another one of the guys that's reliable and steady but, you know, the draftable stuff has seen a, a slight uptick, and he's starting to pitch with a lot more confidence, not just in the fastball, but in that changeup as well. Yeah, and, you know, when I think of Connor, I just kind of think of um, a guy that doesn't really show many emotions, um, never gets too high, never gets too low, um, just always will give you a chance to win, always keeps your team in the right mindset, I think. Um, you know, a team guy, um, you know, he just says, doesn't say much, but says the right things when he needs to. Um, yeah, and then like you said, just two good off-speed pitches that when he's on with them, uh, they're really good. Um, you know, when when you when I really think of Connor Grady, um, I go back to Little League and facing him in Little League when he threw about 100 miles per hour back then, and you know it used to be the scariest thing to ever do. But step in the box against him, you know, we talked a little bit about his Little League um, World Series experience, but um, yeah, it's just it's fun to watch Connor pitch on Sundays and give Florida State a chance to win. I think. That's something I would pay money to watch is Connor pitch, you know, to you. Uh, that would be, that'd be pretty hilarious actually. Um, right now yeah, or in Little League? In Little League or right now, honestly. Man. I know you think you could step in right now and handle them? I don't know. If we're doing like a, like a, like only change up thing where I get to sit on a change up and just maybe, maybe just sit there and, you know, get, get one, hook it down the left field line a little bit. All right, Connor, Mr. and Mrs. Grady, uh, I got my money on your kid. So uh, 
not not rooting for Brett on this one. Do not have any confidence in Brett at the plate on this one. Sorry. We love Brett, the host. We love Brett, the uh, the media member. I'm not sure about what I think about Brett, the baseball player. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Brett, three keys. We're going to stick to your day job here, what you do best. Uh, tell us what you expect out of this series for Florida State. Um, I'll ask for your your three keys to a series victory and your prediction for this series. Yeah, well, I think just one key for me is just getting the veterans going, um, just getting Reese Albert going, getting Robbie Martin going, getting those guys looking like them old selves. Um, you know, that's just really important, not just this weekend, but the rest of the season. You know, I think those guys will get it going. I don't, they're not really a huge worry for me long term because we've seen them do it. Uh, we know who they are, especially Robbie. You know, the consistency is there. Um, you know, that's something that coaching staff is really looking forward to this weekend, I think, from talking to them and asking questions and, and Presser, you know, I think me is really expecting a breakout here soon from Robbie. Um, and then just just another key pitching wise, just um, just keep doing what they did last week again. And that was, um, you know, they actually did the AA three four K any pitch anytime anywhere, um, three pitches for strikes. I thought every pitch that threw was was on with all their pitches. I thought every pitch that threw um, was attacking hitters rather than um, you know just kind of going here and there and, and just actually attacking hitters with what they had and trust in their stuff. So I think if Florida State trusts their stuff again, you know, I think Virginia Tech is going to score more than Virginia did last week. But Virginia Tech's a much better offense. But if Florida State um, attacks the zone, I think they'll they'll give themselves a chance to win a series here. And then just keep being consistent on the infield. You know, I think yeah, uh, VT is going to put a lot of balls in play. It's going to be, uh, you know, pressure on Florida State's defense. Um, just keep being consistent like they've been. You know, Nander DeSantis has looked, has looked really awesome so far in the field. Um, knock on wood, don't want to jinx it. But um, that whole, whole infield has looked really good so far, I think. Um, you know, Jackson Green, Vince Smith, Logan Lacey when he's been in there, they've all been consistent. They've all been sound. Um, so it's been something, one of those biggest positives so far. Um, and, yeah, those are my three keys. My prediction I don't know. I kind of want to go for State loses this series because loses this series because I did that last week and it, they won the series. So do I jinx it again? Do I go with a Virginia Tech series win two to one? All right, I'll say Virginia Tech series series win two games to one. Florida State takes the first with Mexico on the mound and drops the last two. Yeah, I think you know my eyes are on the lineup as well. Can they get things right? Um, also, Florida State's first trip away from Tallahassee. You know, they're four and five, and all those games came at Dick Hauser Stadium. So how do the Knowles adjust to different sight lines? Sometimes being in a different park, for whatever reason, baseball is so weird and the way that it works and, and the mental edges and all that, that maybe this is what FSU's lineup needs to just kind of yeah. string a couple of base hits together. I don't know. I mean, it's baseball. Yeah. A couple of base hits put you into a hitting streak, right? Like that. Yeah, I mean – yeah, that, the energy is really, you know, the biggest thing for Florida State, just not to get too overwhelmed by it. Um, and, you know, just go out there and play like a road underdog. I mean, Virginia Tech is the ranked team here. Florida State isn't ranked. Um, this probably isn't something territory that Florida State's been in much. So it's just the way they handle it and keep their focus, it's going to be something that is pretty telling as to how they do on the road the rest of the season, especially because this is probably going to be one of the more harder atmospheres to play in, the way Meat put it. Um, so I'm excited to see how they handle that challenge. Um, and then just one more thing I thought of, I'm guessing Dylan Simmons will probably start the first two games this weekend with lefties on the mound. 
um, after he didn't play much last weekend. Um, but I would expect him to be in the lineup on those first two games with uh, Southpaws going for Virginia Tech. Yeah, um, to your point, by the way, Virginia Tech did a major renovation to their ballpark. It is beautiful. Um, I was looking at pictures of it um, actually just uh, earlier today and spent millions upon millions of dollars. It is a beautiful grandstand. They got a nice new scoreboard in right center field. Um, they're not going to have as many fans as you know normal. I don't know how rowdy it will be there because just because of the the restrictions on capacity size for stadium but do yourself a favor and google virginia tech's baseball stadium it's it's pretty sweet they've done a lot of work and uh, you know i was actually um i've talked to eric llewellyn about this in the past florida state's radio guy the their park used to be a joke like they had to put people outside um to call games at virginia tech like there was they didn't have a tv booth um they barely had stands in center field for cameras to be put up um it was it was really a makeshift field and then for uh, a few years, Florida State actually went there a few years ago. Um, they were in like phase two and phase three of their renovation projects. So like you were playing in a ballpark that was being put together, um, but it was playable because of the field. It just wasn't ready yet. And now they're done with it. It's gorgeous. Um, it's one of the nicer facilities in the ACC. Um, and so that's just, that puts more pressure on, on Florida State to have to renovate Dick Hauser Stadium. At some is, is, is everybody in the ACC getting field renovations right now? I mean, BC got one. Pitt got one. I don't know who else, but you know these northern schools are starting starting to turn up the heat on FSU a bit here with these with these renovations. Yeah, don't get uh, Chip Baker, big shooter, started on uh, on what Florida State needs funding wise and all that to to be able to uh, renovate their stadium. He's like, I got plans. I promise, I have the plans to to make them. I just got to fund it. He's so got the can... blueprints. He's got the he blueprints. does. No, I've seen I've seen the blueprints, and they they wanna they want to. Um, that's in meets vision and in the future of, of what he sees for this program. Um, you just got to kind of raise the funds to be able to do that right now. So anyway, uh, Florida state, Virginia tech, I'm going to go with series win for Florida state. It worked for me last week. Um, when I picked him against Virginia, I, I just think the Knowles pitching, I'm a big believer in it. I really am. I think, you know, good pitching beats good hitting. And I think the Knowles do enough. If the defense behind the pitching allows it to right. You're also in a new ballpark. Um, we'll see if the infield defense can handle. I think Virginia Tech has artificial turf. I don't believe that they're not. Yeah, it's grass. all turf. Yeah, um, it's all and turf. And that's different. For anyone who's played baseball or knows a, a little something about the game, um, the way the ball skids on the turf, it's a much faster infield. Um, so things could be a little bit different there. Um, I'll keep my eye out on that. And uh, I'll take the Knolls. I like the rotation. I like the bullpen. I think the Knolls get just enough key hits, maybe hit a couple of long balls out the two. And uh, they come away with a hard fought two to some one. Homers series. will be real nice. I mm-hmm. would like to see, see 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 some homers here soon. No doubt about it, Brett. All right, let's uh before we wrap up and uh, say goodbye for this week. Uh, shout out Florida State softball. Um, the Knowles. Uh, the offense was struggling for a while. They lost a series to Virginia Tech. Um, you know the the, the Lady Hokies. And uh, Lonnie Alameda's group, you know, finds a way to beat Florida on Saturday. The bats break out in big time fashion. And then tonight, I've, I've had the call this weekend uh, on ACC Network Extra uh, for, you know, number two Arizona against uh, the Seminoles. And uh, Catherine Sandercock was unbelievable tonight um, against one of the best lineups, maybe the best lineup in college softball. So uh, kudos to her. The Knowles do need to get one more to win that series and, and really feel good about what they can do this year. Um, but Brett, uh, Lonnie Alameda doing what Lonnie Alameda does. Uh, that is a powerhouse over there at Joanne Graff Field. Yeah, I covered that game today just from 
um, the Coliseum in Greensboro, and I was watching that. It was the first full game I've watched this year. Um, you know, just Sandercock was awesome. She just let the let let Arizona put the ball in play and let her defense go to work, and it really paid off. I mean, Josie Mus- Muffley is a stud defensively. The play that she made up the middle for the third out, I think the fourth or fifth inning, was absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, Cassidy Davis threw out a runner at home in the first thing that was also a two ounce and you know they came up with clutch hits when they needed them early on and um you know it was good to see shall not get it shall not get her homer first homer of the year so this was overall a really fun game to watch i thought um just wanted to hit on that a little bit and give them give them a bit of, sh- of a shout out here today yeah you know that was something we wanted to do with this podcast as well as eventually get them incorporated a little bit more too um, and get Lonnie, uh, maybe Sydney Sherrill, uh, Shellnut, some of the some of those uh, veterans as well onto the show and to talk about um, the softball program because uh, those of you who follow FSU baseball, you guys also know how deserving the softball program is of some coverage and some love. And uh, ESPN's done a great job promoting college softball, especially over the last few years. And the Knowles have risen to power at, at the perfect time in the college softball landscape of where it at where it's at. So good for the Knowles. Uh, they knock off Arizona, number two team in the country, four to two tonight. They're going to look for at least one more, maybe sweep them. Who knows um, this weekend? And if you haven't searched Muffley's play, do yourself a favor and do it um, because yeah, I think it was I think it was number six on on Sports Center top ten tonight. I saw. I mean, that was it should have been higher. That was the IQ that goes into that play. First of all, the skill to get it off the middle, the diving play itself was ridiculous. The pump fake and the throw to third was even more ridiculous. I mean, I was just watching it in, in, on my computer, and I was just like, "Holy hell, what just happened?" That was that was that was some sort of play. I and mean, just Javi Baez has got a shot out again after that tag early in the season. Yeah, I mean, Florida State's defense outstanding tonight, and um, again, hope to get the softball program involved here with Sunday Golds as well. They wear the golds too. They do it too, and so they deserve their shout out. But, um, yep, Knowles, Hokies from Blacksburg. Um, we will touch on that, hopefully, with good news early next week. Thanks again to Connor Grady for joining us. Um, thanks for our friends at Madison Social um, for partnering with us. Please uh, do uh, purchase those tanks and those shirts and, and help support our pod. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts, on Spotify. Leave us a review. Tweet at us. Email us. Share this with your friends and uh, Florida State baseball season kicking into high gear. Um, the best time of year, bat and ball. So uh, until next time, Brett Nevitt, Arya Masudi signing off. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>